Hi, I'm Keegan Flegner. When I was in first grade, I was diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. Since that time, sports have played a huge role in changing my life. So I want to show the world how all kinds of sports can help all kinds of people with all kinds of mental and emotional challenges. Welcome to Sports on the Spectrum. My guest today is David Harris. When I was eight years old, I played on my first baseball team in the Santa Monica, California Little League. David was my coach for the next three years, and he was one of my favorite coaches of all time. And on top of that, we're both die-hard Dodger fans. David coached over 20 Little League teams and spent his last four years as the league president. David is also an avid long-distance runner. He completed the Los Angeles Marathon in 2015 and has run several other marathons since then, so please join me in welcoming David Harris to Sports on the Spectrum. Keegan, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. It's a real pleasure. Now, I think it's appropriate that before I start asking some questions to you, I think it's important for the audience to understand why and how, you know, you've had such a big influence on me. You know, David is all very unique and just very helpful, too, with how he approached the game. You know, he was always helpful to everybody on the team. He never left anybody out. I really appreciated that part. And also, actually, I think this is a good example that I have right here of just how important a coach he is. So one of the things that David would do after every game was he would always give out the game ball. And one of the, and he would always make sure that even before he gave out this game ball, he would make sure to outline specifically why each individual player deserved it. So I have here literally, and for those of you listening, I'm sorry, but I'll try to explain this as best I can. I literally have one of the very first <laughs> game balls I ever received from you. And there are a few more, but this is one of them. And on it too, there's something else I'd like to outline too. And that is something that David created that I think everybody should follow when playing sports in general too. It's not just baseball. And that is the six rules. Now I'd like to be the one to say it, but I know David knows this better than me. So could you actually, David, could you actually tell us what the six rules of baseball are? Okay. So the first rule is have fun. Right? Yes. Because that Very is by important. far the most important thing when playing sports is you got to be having fun. Very so, important. That's very important. Rule number two would be be safe because Absolutely. you got to be safe. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not going to be having fun. And it's really important to be safe. Absolutely. Um, third one is is uh, play hard. Yep. Um, because no matter what you do, um, you, you got to be playing hard. And I always say that everyone's got a, a different abilities, you know, yes. some, some are going to have more skills than others, but we all have the same ability to do our very best. And Absolutely. So, I mean, that's how go. I was. That's how I always played. I wasn't skilled. There you go. All right. You tell me the fourth one now. Do you not know, or do you want me to tell it? No, I do know, but I want to hear okay. you say something. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll say it. So rule number four is think first. And that's very important because it's like, if you don't think, you know, it's like, how are you going to know what to do. You always have to make sure you know what you're doing, because if you're not doing anything, what are you even doing? And then rule number five is teamwork. Now, this, I think, was actually my favorite one, because it's so important to symbolize just how much the sport really is about. You know, it's like you cannot do anything alone on, on this stage. You, you need to have your teammates there to help you and all and work together. And I think that's very important that, you know, it, it's an applicable to basically any aspect in life. You know, you always are going to need help and you always need to work as a team. And then number six, well, number five might have been my favorite, like, um, like as a mature person, 
number six is kind of my favorite, not as an immature person, but just as a kid in general. And that's have fun. I know we said it rule number one, but have fun is just so important that it has to be the first rule and the last rule when playing sports. You need to have fun. Absolutely, Keegan. And I am thrilled to hear that you've taken all those lessons into heart. Oh, uh, my. Yeah. Yeah. I never forget them. And before actually we go into the questions, I want to just add a, one more piece to the puzzle that I think makes David unique. And that is he always makes sure we know just how important something is. Like he will always, you know, explain, you know, why you should do something, why it matters, and also just like why others have done in the past and why it's important. So like another example of something David has always done that I think is very helpful is he always used to tell us stories at the end of practices and games, you know, to kind of both, to, you know, give us the fun aspect of the game, but also to explain to us, Hey, there are certain things that these people did that did truly make an impact in the game. So like, for example, I remember literally the very first practice I ever had with you story you told us about at the end of all the blood sweat and tears that we had to endure was the story of kirk gibson's game winning <laughs> game one home run in the world series of 1988 that is a a still to this day it still brings a uh just makes all the little hairs on the back of my neck stand on end yes it's a, it's a great yeah. great story yeah and for those and, and for the yeah, for the audience too um both David and myself, we are hardcore Dodger fans too. So we, we always love a good Dodgers story at the same time and a good Dodgers yeah. moment. Shout out to the 2020 champions, by the way. No doubt. And oh, if you okay. think about that home run and you think about the six rules of baseball, like pretty much all six rules are encompassed in, in that one moment. In, Absolutely. In that, you know, so, so Kirk Gibson, who you know, more than anything, that guy just loved to play baseball. So I yes. think he, he had rule yeah. one down, yeah. down pat. And know, I mean, the other thing too, is he liked it so much that he was even willing to endure whatever it was that had ling lingered him for so long. It's like, Hey, I may be hurt, yeah. but that doesn't mean I still can't put my best foot forward. And who knows, maybe even that's enough sometimes. Exactly. For him, for him it was. And, and then you look at rule three, play hard. I don't know that there's any player who's ever put on a major league baseball uniform who did, who played harder than yeah. Kirk Gibson. Every yeah. single play. It's yeah. just really pretty incredible. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is it's not just Kirk Gibson. I know a lot of players have, have followed that oath. In fact, I, I know for a fact that one of Ken Griffey Jr.'s greatest quotes ever was, you know, talent may get you on the field, but it's the effort and hard work that will keep you there. Exactly. And then, of course, think first, the rule, think first. Yes. Remember, Kirk Gibson, when it was the three and two, and he's facing Dennis Eckersley, what does right. he do? He steps out of the box because yep. he starts thinking. He remembers what that scout said. Is it a right. three and two count to a left-handed hitter? Right. You're going to get that backdoor slider. And mm -hmm. sure enough, he stepped in, and here yep. comes that backdoor slider. Right. No, and the rest is history. Yep, absolutely. You know, we, yeah. will we will surely never forget that. At least not as Dodgers fans. Uh, good stuff. Oh, it's great. It is really great. But with that, I think we should actually move into the questions part. I think that's sure. kind of what our audience was really here for. And I think it's important we address that. So why don't we start a little bit with you personally, David? So 
Mm-hmm. How about we start at the beginning of your life? You know, what were your very first memories of sports? You know, and it could be anything, watching it on television, you know, playing Little League as a kid, you know, or what, following your favorite team, any of that stuff. You know, what, what do you remember most about that? And why did you like it? So I think my earliest memory of sports was probably um, growing up watching Dodger games with my grandfather. Mm. And he and I used to, to sit on a couch um, in their apartment. And, and I was very fortunate. My grandparents lived pretty close to, to where I lived. And uh, we used to, yeah. And we would just, we would listen to Dodger games and, and just, there was something about the, the, the calming voice of Vin Scully. Oh and, yeah. And I would just remember sitting there lying on the couch and my grandfather had, um, he had this big stomach and I used to always joke that it was like God's perfect pillow. And I would lie down on his stomach and, and I would hear, the rhythm of his breathing along with Vin Scully's calling a game. And every so often I could just feel my eyes get a little bit heavier and heavier and heavier. And then I would fall asleep and, uh, and then I would wake up and I would look up and my grandfather, he was sleeping too. And, and, Mm. but, but I will tell you that, that watching Dodger games with him um, probably my earliest and fondest memories of, of, uh, of sports. So yeah. Um, and I've always been drawn to sports and I don't know yep. from, from the time I was a little kid, it was, you know, if there was something on TV and it was sports, I remember getting up early in the morning on, on Saturdays, not to watch cartoons, but because they had uh, Canadian rules football on, which I mm-hmm. didn't quite understand, but it was on and I was going to watch it. So um, sports has always just really captured me. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear. I think, cause we all know everybody has a special thing with their grandparents and it's great to hear that even for somebody like you, you've still had something unique to, you know, be with them and all. And I think that's something that's very nice to enjoy. You know, I definitely think it's something that we can all relate to and say, you know, either we've experienced that ourselves or we wish we could experience that ourselves. Yeah. So interestingly, Keegan, you know, it was, uh, I actually started playing baseball kind of later. I didn't, I didn't play in T-ball. And, and my first year of playing baseball was um, when I was 11 years old. Oh. And um, uh, so it, I, I started a little bit later than most. And, and I'm not really exactly sure why, because I just always really loved sports and, and um, it just never worked out before then. But, um, yeah. but I just, any sport yeah. I was willing to play. Yeah. Hey, it's never too late to start, start something. And look what's happened ever since, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, Hey, it doesn't matter how long you've been in this. If you've been in it, that's something. Mm-hmm. So that's very helpful. And I think that kind of leads into my next question a little indirectly, I guess, which is that, you know, as you were growing up, you know, watching these teams and all, what were some of those specifics that you looked up to like both teams and players? And why was that? That's a great question, Keegan. And, and I will tell you that the one thing that I've really always come to appreciate um, is, is really teamwork. And, and to me, you know, I grew up um, here in Los Angeles and, and basketball, UCLA basketball was a big thing for me. My parents were season ticket holders and, mm. and I was fortunate enough to, to grow up at a time when John Wooden was still coaching. Right. Um, right. And boy, he just stressed the fundamentals and watching his teams play. It was just a thing of beauty. It really was. And, yeah. and you can see in baseball teams too, teams that played together 
they won. And you could see just the, the strategy of, of what they were doing and why they were doing it. And um, that always just really captured me. And, and I thought that it, it the, the beauty that there's like, I'm going to choose my words carefully here. So if it comes out wrong, translate this away. It doesn't sound quite as sappy as what I'm about to say. Absolutely. But the beauty of sports is that it combines both the mental aspect and the physical aspect. And, yep. and when those two come together, there's yep. just something really great about it. And yeah. then the other great thing about, um, about coaching, mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later, is that, right. that it provides us with the opportunity to teach life lessons that transcend the game itself. And yep. I think I've always been able to look at sports and see the people who were playing it the right way and the people who weren't. And I remember, you know, even discussing with my grandfather about people who respected the game mm -hmm. and people who, who didn't. And you could always tell the players that, that really respected the game, respected the, the history, respected their teammates, played the game the right way, ran out their ground balls, really hustled, did whatever it took to make the team better. Um, right. I was always drawn to those, to those players. And, um, and then there were other players you could see that were just in it for their own doing. Right. And, and uh, those were the ones that was, um, you just kind of felt like they were kind of cheating the game and cheating the fans and cheating right. themselves. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously some actually were, but you know, we don't have to get into the uh, specifics of that. And I guess uh, before we get into a little more uh, deeper uh, meaning of sports or and how it connects to the spectrum aspect of what we're talking about here. Uh, I'll just fire off a quick one here. What was like your proudest or favorite mo moment in your own sports experience? Um, in my own sports experience, I would say my proudest moment came when I was um, when I was 12 years old and I was uh, um, on playing in Little League. Mm -hmm. So to give you a little bit of background, like yep. I said, my my 11 year old season was my first season, and right. I got drafted straight into the majors. Right, and um, and I was not good. Yep. I was I was the kid who got in for two innings a game, yep. and uh, uh, I didn't get a hit the entire season. And mm -hmm. back then, they used to publish. Right. Everyone's batting averages right oh. next to the snack stand. And I yep. was always, they used to call me the triple bagel because I, <laughs> I was zero, zero, zero. Nice. So I never, never got a base hit. And, and it was, um, I still had a great season, you know, in terms of having fun, yep. but um, boy, I made, I made more errors and, and really it was just, I was not a very good player. Um, but yep. Somewhere between 11 and 12, I started getting my confidence up and, um, and I started just playing better. And so the first game of the season, um, the, I was in center field and we were down by a run and the bases are loaded with two outs. And my manager came out and, um, and he, he did this and he pointed to me mm -hmm. and I turned around and I'm like, is he pointing at me? Like, I couldn't believe he wanted me to come in and pitch because I'd never really pitched before. Sure. I, right. I, during practice, I was pitching. Right. But he yells out to me. He goes, Harris, come in. Yep. And I'm looking. I'm like, is there another kid named Harris or something? Like, what was the deal? Yeah. He goes, David, get in here. So I come running in there. Right. Um, so the, the so here the bases are loaded. There's two outs. We're down by a run. And I'm thinking, holy crud. 
I worked the count to a full count. I ended up striking that kid out. There you and go. I jumped off the mound like I had just won game seven of the World Series. And I was hey. so happy. Um, ends up the neg- in the bottom of the inning, we didn't score and we ended up losing by one. But I just remember at that moment right. that, um, that I, I just felt like I could do it. And, and, and the fact that my coach had confidence in me to bring me in in that situation, I couldn't believe it. And, and in fact, I remember one of my teammates said, why are you bringing him in? Because he was a teammate of mine the year before. He goes, he's horrible. Right. And he goes, why don't you bring me in? And, and my coach just looked at me and he, and he pointed at me and he goes, because he looks like a pitcher. And I was like, wow, he had the confidence in me. And because he had that confidence in me, I went out there and, and I was able to strike him out and ended up pitching um, a lot that season and, and did pretty well. So there you go. that, yeah. So that to me was like a turning point where I just, just like all the confidence in the world that that coach had in me um, just really turned it around. Yeah, no, I mean, it's like, it doesn't take much for somebody to get the necessary confidence and be, and be able to suddenly believe in themselves that they can do something. So it's definitely encouraging to hear that somebody like you um, doesn't need much to get yourself going, even when you can, even when you could doubt yourself in the beginning. So absolutely. You know, I definitely think that's very important to keep in mind. All right. Um, how about we go into um, a little more bit of the present aspect um, mm-hmm. of sports? So obviously it seems like you were very involved with sports as a kid. How did you get involved with it um, as an adult and how are you still involved in it? And, <laughs> but, and what aspect of that still appeals to you basically? Like, sure. I, I will tell you that the, the way I got involved in coaching youth sports um, uh, was because of one of my nephews. Um, hmm. He was um, my, I have, I have a couple of brothers and, and uh, his dad, my brother um, is not very sports minded. And I really, my favorite childhood memories were playing baseball. And I looked at my nephew and I'm like, I want him to have that experience. And I was at a time where I was, uh, I guess I really, I hadn't, I was kind of feeling like I wasn't going to ever have kids of my own for whatever reason. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to coach my nephew. And, and so I ended up coaching his youth baseball team. And that's really the way I got started was because I love baseball. I wanted to spend more time with my nephew. I wasn't sure I was ever going to have kids of my own. Um, and I just thought, you know what, I think we can, I think we can do this. And it was from the moment we started, um, I just, something clicked. It was just this way of, of connecting with people. Um, I could see what sports could do for little kids and building up their confidence. And, um, you know, the reality is I think I'm, I'm very realistic, um, in, in kind of like you, Keegan, I, I, I read a whole lot and I look at all sorts of statistics and stuff like that. And, and the bottom line is that if you look at the number of people who actually make it to the major leagues and play professional baseball, it's very, very small, right? So all of these kids, it's like, what, what can baseball do for, for people? And I am a big believer, like I said, that, that the life lessons you can learn transcend the game itself. And, and it really does. And, and, you know, all those rules of baseball, you know, the, the be safe, the, the have fun, those apply to everything you do, not just to sports. But, you know, it's important that when you go out and you find a job, it's, you know, it's something you're passionate about, you know, have fun, 
have fun at what you're doing. Be super passionate, you know, be safe. It's, you know, especially look during a pandemic, like we're in right now, right. Being safe. How important is that? You know, and, and if you don't have your health, you know, being safe is also about being healthy and making good decisions for yourself, you know? So all of those, those, um, those rules, you know, play hard, whatever you do, you know, it's like, make sure you're doing it, you know, to the best of your ability. Right. Um, you know, thinking first, you know, how important is that before, you know, you go out and do anything in the world. And so these were just kind of core values that I had. And, and I thought that this was a really great opportunity for me to, to try to, to help kids out. And then, you know, and then here's the, here's the secret Keegan that no one really tells you. Mm-hmm. Um, when you coach, no matter how much time and effort you put in, you get so much more back from the kids. Right. It, it almost, you almost feel guilty because it is, it is such a great experience. And I feel like I've learned more from, from like you guys than, mm-hmm. than I ever taught, taught you. So right. it's a, it's a, it's very much a win-win situation. Well, I would disagree, but I do appreciate <laughs> your compliment. So oh, it's, it's true. King. You'll, you'll see one day when you, when, uh, I'm sure I will, man. I'm sure. There I will. you go. All right. Well, um, how about before we, um, shift into the, the spectrum aspect, we go a little more specific into that question. Tell us more about your time, uh, specifically as a coach in the Santa Monica little league and also as the president too, because mm-hmm. I'm sure being the president is something you don't get to do every day. And I think a lot of people would appreciate it if you explained to us what that was like exactly. Sure. It's, um, you know, it's interesting when, when, um, to me, the whole goal of, of being president, um, I had absolutely no desire to be president, but um, I believe strongly in the ideals of what um, Little League can do for people. So my, my major goal was to make sure that kids could just concentrate on baseball. And, you know, believe it or not, when, you know, someone once told me that if they had their way, they would ban anyone over the age of 18 from coming anywhere near a baseball field. And I think to a certain extent, there's a little bit of truth to that, right? It's that kids just want to have fun. And, and I think oftentimes um, parents have different ideas about how that should look. Some people, some parents, all they care about is making their kids the best they can be because they, you know, view them as, as future major league baseball players. Others, you know, just want their kids to have a good time and, you know, they don't care whether they play well or they don't play well. Um, there's a lot of politics that go on behind the scene. And I really just wanted to make sure that we could, we could grow Little League into something that was inclusive for the community. But more importantly than anything was that it was just the greatest experience ever for kids. And that was really my, my, my drive throughout you know, all the years of me being president. Um, right. The, the, um, my time being president was not always smooth sailing. There were some, you know, there was definitely some division among parents about what the league should be about, but I've right. always been very strong on the idea that, that what we're really trying to do is, is yes, do we want to make people better baseball players? Absolutely. But what we really want to do is we want to make kids better people. And I used to tell this to coaches all the time. Right. I'm like, when you're, you know, 5, 10, 20 years from now, when you run into former players, they're not going to remember whether you won or lost. Right. But if you were a jerk, they're going to remember that. 
of you course. Know, and you have an opportunity to really make an impact on on people's lives. And and that's a it's a special relationship. And yeah. you know, it, it's interesting when you when you get a group of people together, um, you're gonna have if you have 12 kids on a team, you're gonna have 12 different needs, 12 different personalities, 12 right. different everything. And um, and as a coach, you get the opportunity to to make a difference in each and every one of their lives. So it's um, to me, I wanted to make sure that the league as a whole um, was had that healthy look towards sports to make sure that they knew that we're trying to build good community. And, and I'm really proud to say, I think we were very successful in it. And, and, and the people who took the presidency after me, they've done even better things and little league is growing. And I think that's wonderful. I certainly think so too. And I definitely think you, your, your success has been felt in a lot of ways, not just by me, but by a lot of people. So I'm, I think you should give yourself a good pat on the back right there for <laughs> everything you've done. But anyway, um, uh, how about we, um, I think we should uh, move into uh, connect now connecting the sports with the spectrum aspect of the show. So about how, you know, you know, kids with, you know, mental or emotional health challenges uh, use sports to cope with what they were dealing with and how you help them to deal with that and yourself too, if, if that uh, is fit. But uh, I think before we, we do that, we should give a shout out to our one of our sponsors. Do you own a classic Mustang, Corvette, Camaro, or Chevelle from the 1960s or 70s? Does the clock in your dash keep accurate time? Do you want to get a new clock for your car, but you don't want to pay $200, $300, or even $500 for a new clock? Well, then go to ImpactAutoPartsStore.com for a brand new quartz clock that looks identical to the original and is powered by a single AA battery. All at prices less than half that of a restored clock or a reproduction. Go to the website, ImpactAutoPartsStore.com, and keep on cruising. And with that, I would like to... First, actually, before we, I ask any questions, I would actually like to show another visual that I think will help our audience, for those at least who are watching visually, understand just how um, impactful or, or like um, true it is that um, you both had an impact on my life, but also that I had to deal with certain things that made me stand out more than some of the other kids on the team. So I have a picture right here and for those of you who aren't watching of me on your team david and you're right here in the middle of all these kids you know talking to them and literally that number seven kid right there that's me just staring off into the abyss daydreaming because you know that's what i like to do and i think that's just a great example of you know how true it is that you know even with everything you did you know to help me out you know it was still clear that, you know, there were certain aspects of me that, you know, stood out because I was autistic. Keegan, if I can, if I can share one of my favorite moments of coaching you. Sure. Um, so there, there was a, a game where you were out in left field and, okay. um, and, uh, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm looking and I'm sort of, you know, scanning the whole field, watching all the players. And, uh, and all of a sudden you just turned your back to home plate and you were looking out over the left field fence. And mm -hmm. so immediately I called time and, um, you know, and the umpire said, okay. So I ran out to, to left field and, and I uh, came out and, and I said, you know, Keegan, how, you know, what's going on? And you just looked at me and you said, coach, I just need a minute. I'm like, okay. 
You know, yep. and I said, you know, and I'm, I'm totally good with that. I said, but here's the deal. You know, I'm going to start using my hands and, you know, we're going to pretend like I'm talking about all sorts of strategy and stuff like that. But, I, you know, in the meantime, you just take your time. Right. And, you know, get it all together. I said, but at some point, you know, we're going to need to turn around because of, you know, rule number two, we want to be safe. Right. And we got to right. be looking at the field. And if, you know, if you need to take a couple more minutes and, you know, want to do that in the dugout, that's totally fine. But, you know, for the time being, we'll just wait until the umpire comes out. Right. And so we did this. And, and then after a couple minutes, you just you collected yourself and yep. you turned around and just looked at me and said, coach, I'm okay. And I said, terrific. And we went back yep. and I just thought, you know what, the most wonderful part about that, Keegan, was that you just knew what you needed. Right. And, and to me, that was, that was really the key. It's like, right. and, and I think that, that um, it's just knowing what your players need. And, and so much of the time, if you mm -hmm. just ask your player what they need, mm -hmm. you'll find out. And, yeah, I um, but I just, I just had so much respect for you, Keegan, at that point, because like I said, with, with whatever it was, it's like, you knew what you needed at that moment. Right. We could give it to you. Right. It, you know, and then the game went on and yeah, that no. was, that was great. Right. Now I, I will always accept honesty from somebody, you know, it's like, I'm never afraid to hear the truth. I'm ever afraid to abide to their request. As long as, you know, it, as long as they're willing to abide to mine at the same time. And so I think mm -hmm. we both were good with how we dealt with that. And I, and I think a lot of people could learn from that at the same time. But anyway, uh, how about we um, focus a little more on, you know, getting into talking about how what being on the spectrum can do to somebody and how basically somebody like you can help them out or how you can even help yourself, too, at the same time. So um, I'd like to say I, I'd first like to start by focusing on you specifically one more time. And that is beyond just physical health, how have sports helped you in your life? And I know you've kind of answered this question already, but it's like, is there anything more, I guess, you'd like to add to that aspect? Yeah, you know, and, and I guess the only thing I would add to that is, is that sports, you know, um, you know, and again, I'm going to choose my words carefully here, but, right. but there, there's, there is, sports sometimes can really um, take on um, more than just the game. And, mm -hmm. and, I think that that again, those life lessons that that you can impart and you can take from from sports is just right. really really important. Sports always gave me um, gave me confidence. It gave me the 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 the, the hard left life life lessons that right. if you want to be if you want to be good at something, you got to work at it. Right. You know? And and if you want to get ahead, you've got to be able to work with people. And, and it really, you know, sports has always been, um, I think a metaphor for life. And, mm -hmm. you know, now even in my professional life, I still, the, the, the life lessons I learned on the baseball field, I, I use those every day, every right. single day. So, right. um, so sports is, is great. And, you know, even now during a pandemic, when everybody is, you know, stuck inside and, and all that, you know, I got to tell you, as I'm sure same with you, you right. know, watching this baseball season. I mean, it was just tremendous. It was right. just great to see, you know, that there is a familiarity and, and watching the nuances of, of, of everything that goes on in, in sports yeah. and, and especially with baseball. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, um, you know, that, that the rule of think first, you know, right. it, it's, 
so much of, of baseball is about thinking about what's going to happen before it happens. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much, you know, the way I, I deal with my life is that I'm always trying to think, okay, what are the consequences of, of things that I do? What are the consequences of what other people might do? Yeah. And I think that just the, the, the process of being able to, to think ahead of time and being just a good person. Um, I think sports just makes people better, better human beings. Absolutely. Yeah. It certainly has done that for me. And, you know, especially during this time, it's like, we really have started to really appreciate just how important they are in our lives now that they've been taken away at least for a period. But, you know, I, I think that's definitely, um, that's definitely both very true and just, I think very like, uh, you know, helpful in how it just reminds us all about how, you know, Hey, this isn't like something that we just treat as something to do for a couple of hours. Like this is serious, you know, it's like, this is something that can both help us and has helped us. And it's like, we should not treat it as if it doesn't matter because it does. And I think for the most part we have, but I think it's a good reminder at the same time, especially during this time of what it truly does mean. And, and I have to tell you, Keegan, when, when I look at people like you, you know, and, and not only in, in baseball, but, you know, playing basketball and just seeing your evolution from, you know, the, the kid who, you know, just standing off to the side or doing whatever, um, seeing your confidence grow and grow, you right. know, until, you know, in basketball, it's like, holy crud, you know, it's like, I'm, and obviously my heart is in, is in baseball, but right. just seeing your love of basketball, right. like you can't help, but walk away from my watching a game that you're playing, not feeling great. Just right. seeing you like the pure joy of, of making a three pointer, you know, and, and, um, and, yeah. and it just, it right. brings out, I, I mean, I always say that sports is like throwing miracle grow on, on people's uh, characters traits. You know? <laughs> it brings out the best of him and it brings out the worst, but yeah. with you, it just brings out the absolute best. And, right. and um, it's just always really, it's, it's fun to watch sports yeah. in that way. And I huh. think sports can do a lot. Yeah. Well, I won't lie and say it always brings out the best, but usually nope. it does. So yep. at the same time, I definitely can understand why you would think that. And I do truly appreciate it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so now I think we should actually um, talk about some of those serious questions that usually everyone's asking related to this, but can usually never answer, though I'm hoping maybe you can to a degree. So let's, let's start with this. When you hear, so one of the most common phrases associated with having challenges related to, you know, what I've been talking about for so long is mental health. And basically, my, my question is very simple, but at the same time, it's very complicated, and it's that, and it's that um, when you hear that term, the term mental health, what pops into your head? What does it mean to you? And does it vary too? Like, what do you think, you know, you associate with that? And just like, how do you think maybe others should feel about that? So I'm not sure if my, my thought process on this is mainstream or not, but I'll tell you, this is always the way that I've dealt Listen, with man. it. It doesn't have to be mainstream. It's, this is about you, not, not everybody else. There you go. So when I hear about mental health issues, um, I, don't, I don't put a whole lot of stock into that because I think everyone's got issues. Right. Everyone, I don't care who you are, everyone's got their stuff that they're working through. And right. you know, to me, um, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant about labels because mm -hmm. I think labels tend to 
to kind of put us into boxes and stuff like that. But I right. think we all have different needs. And I think that you can learn, you can learn from everybody. And I think that, that you, what, what, what is really important is, you know, especially for coaching and, and whether someone's on the spectrum or not, um, you know, I've always told, you know, especially as president, when I'm, you know, trying to help other coaches become better coaches, right. um, you've, get, you've got to be a good listener and you've got to be able to ask good questions. And mm -hmm. to me, the question is always, what do you need? What can I do to help you be better? And, right. and I think that that is always the first place to, to go. And, and so when I hear, when I hear about terms about like mental health and all that kind of stuff, I just don't put a lot of, it, it's not the kind of thing that, that, um, that I shy away from or right. that I embrace. It just, to me, that just says, Hey, this is an area where I'm going to go and need to do dig right. a little bit deeper to figure out what are the needs of that athlete? What are the needs of that person? And, right. um, and so I just, I go from there, but, yeah. but I will tell you, you know, if I have 12 kids on a team, I'm looking at each of those 12 and saying, okay, what is it that motivates them? What is it? What, right. you know, what's standing in their way of being the best that they can be? Yeah. You know, what can I do to bring out the very best and right. everyone's going to have different stuff, you know, yeah. but bottom line, we all have our issues. Right. So some are just more difficult than others to overcome, but that's just a challenge. And I'm always up for a good challenge. Right. Listen, man, you know, you're right in saying sometimes the best thing to say is nothing at all. You know, it's like at the end of the day, you know, you're right. Everybody does have challenges and while they may not be the same, there's still challenges and they're still hard to overcome. And at the same time, you know, everybody needs to deal with them. And so it shouldn't matter, you know, what kind of challenge it is, you know? And I, and I think that's definitely a, a great way to, approach a person and just, you know, not um, look at them for their challenges, but rather for, you know, how they can overcome them. You know, yeah. You and, and really just, you know, like I said, we, we all have different abilities, but we all have the same ability to, to do our best. And right. as a coach, you know, my job is to make sure that, you know, number one, I can make you a better person. And number two, what do we have to do to, to, you know, to make you be the best person you can be? Absolutely. You know? And yeah. No, so. I definitely think that's helpful. And it, and it kind of leads into my next question a mm -hmm. little bit, I guess, um, which is that as a coach and as president, you've interacted obviously with a lot of people, young and old, um, as athletes or who are athletes and who are parents and all that kind of stuff, you know, bottom line is this, you know, you've interacted with a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds and that's important, but, you know, focusing specifically on those who are on the spectrum, how often did you come across those kinds of people where you believed that they had uh, a type of condition, you know, what, whatever it was, whether it was autism, ADHD, bipolarity, whatever, you know, were there ever moments where you believe that? How often did it happen? And basically, uh, did any stick out specifically and, you know, maybe had a bigger impact on you than others? And just why, too? It's like the why in all this. Yeah. So the, the short answer is it's, it's a lot more prevalent than I think people would realize. You know, I think that, that there's a lot of um, people who go both diagnosed and undiagnosed. Right. And, um, and the, the reality is, is, you know, in, in Little League, especially, they, they've, um, you know, depending on where you fall in the spectrum and, um, 
they have different options. Um, there's, there's a challenger uh, division where it's for people with severe limitations and, and it really takes competition completely out of the, the fold and, and it's much more in a Special Olympics type of, of right. um, model. Um, and that's great for, for some people, but for the ones that are on the spectrum that are more high functioning, um, you know, we would see, we would see a fair number. And I think it was, it was always easier when the family was open to discussing what was going on. And if right. they accept the, the, the player for who they are and not mm -hmm. for who they want them to be. Um, it makes it much, much easier. Now, Keegan, you, if you don't mind me speaking about you, you were exceedingly lucky because you have two parents who are incredibly supportive and very right. communicative. And, and I think that's really, you know, if, if anyone, any family with an athlete on the spectrum, I can't emphasize enough how important it is to be open and communicative with right. the adult who is overseeing your child in any sporting event. Yep. And being honest about, you know, what, what are the, what are the limitations, but what are the possibilities and, and right. what are the things that, that, that work to motivate, you know, that child. And um, to me that that's important. And we've had some, some incredible successes. I will tell you um, besides you, Keegan, who is just a, right. a coach's dream. I will tell you that. Um, right. I remember um, one year um, I coached a team um, with, with someone who had some special needs and, and, you know, I think as parents, people really worry about like, how are the other kids going to treat them? And this was, this was a, a, this, this player was, had, um, on the, the ability standpoint to play at a high level, right. Didn't have it. Right. On an attitude basis, had it in spades. Like right. this kid just loved baseball, like right. loved baseball. And as a result, all of his teammates were like the biggest fans of him because right. you could see the genuineness of the joy when he played. And in fact, so again, with rule number two being safe, you know, right. I always wanted to make sure that people had a chance. Not, I was never just going to stick someone in the outfield. I always wanted to play the infield right. and I wanted them to experience the whole game, but with, you know, but we got to be safe. So I would always work extra hard with them to get right. them to a point where, you know, it, their safety wasn't in danger by, by playing there. Right. And I got to tell you, this whole team just rallied around this kid, trying to help him take extra ground balls, doing what he could to, Right. Um, to get him into the infield. And it was just, it was inspirational. And then we right. had, you know, another player on that team who, you know, I guess from a, you know, I mean, again, with, with avoiding the labels, but probably right. not on the spectrum had all of the ability in the world, but just had the worst attitude ever. And boy, right. his teammates would, they would just turn their back on him because he didn't try. He had all right. this ability and he didn't care. And so as a result, it was, um, it was not a good experience for him. It was not a good experience for the team, but you know, that, that kid who was, was definitely on the spectrum, um, who had this great attitude. Um, he was, he was the, the, the glue that held that whole team together. And it was right. really, it was a great, great experience. Yeah. No, I definitely think that is a common theme 
for people on the spectrum to find other ways. And I think that's kind of one of the benefits to being on the spectrum, which is they don't necessarily find ways to help the team like when they're actually playing, but it's like they find every other way to help them out at the same time. You know, they always look to find a different way that, you know, nobody would usually care about to help the team out. And that's honestly when the team usually realizes just how important it really is. So. And I, think, and I will tell you every so often, one of those kids is going to make that play. Right. And when he does, it's like, it's just incredible. Yeah. You know? I know. So um, it's, it's to me, everyone helps a team in different way. We all, like I said, we all have different abilities, right. but we all bring that same ability to, to do something really great. And sometimes it's, you know, by making a play and sometimes it's by, you know, being a good teammate. Right. Um, you know, and, and again, I, I will tell you that, that, um, that, that year he was, he was the glue that, that kept us all together and really made right. a very successful season. Yeah, no. Well, I guess, um, kind of building off of that first, actually, I'm going to start with a little story that I remember that kind of relates to that. And second mm-hmm. of all, I'm going to ask a quick follow-up question. So first of all, I remember, you know, in addition to everything you've mentioned that I used to do that made me stick out for my autism, one of the other things that I used to do that uh, wasn't necessarily sanitary was I used to pick my nose a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know, you know, how it benefited me. I just did it. And that's partially because of my autism, I feel. But I remember, you know, you were very lenient on it. You usually let it pass by. However, though, I remember there was one time during our, one of our championship games, we were playing on TV or we're about to play on TV. And I remember in our final meeting before we went out there, you brought us all together and you called me out. But first you told a very elaborate story about how there was some like manager or whatever in the major leagues who had picked his nose and gotten caught right in it. And I remember you just came right over to me and you're like, Keegan, let's don't be that guy. You know, you can do it whenever else, just not right now when, when everybody's watching yeah and and you know mostly there that's me trying to protect you right right no <laughs> so, <laughs> and the fact of the matter is you did it very well too by giving a real example of you know how it applied and why i shouldn't do it so it's like again that's a nod to how you coach right there but i guess um what i'd like to ask as a result of that as a quick follow-up is um were there first of all I, i'm assuming it, there were moments where you didn't know that somebody or didn't have a confirmation that somebody was on the spectrum, but you saw behavior maybe that made you suspect that. And basically Mm -hmm. did you, what was your, how did you think, like, how did you think to deal with that kind of person? Like not necessarily with how you coach them, but like, you know, did you try at all to bring it up to them or maybe just like give them a sense of what they might be experiencing, you know, did you ever think to like sort of create an intervention? I, so, I don't think that's accurate, but you know, it's like, it's the best word I got. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think you're, the, the short answer is, is yes. And, and the longer answer to that is it's really, it's, it's a difficult subject to, to, um, to right. address with, especially with parents, you know, oh, parents and, and, but for me, it was always, um, 
you know, you try to handle it as sensitively as you can, but what I'm, you know, first and foremost, I'm always looking out for the well-being of, of the kids. And, mm -hmm. and if I see something that I think would be beneficial, um, sadly, I'm, I'm not going to hold back um, right. because I want what's, what's best for the kids. So typically the way it would happen, and, and this did happen on, on a couple of different occasions, right. you know, you, you, again, if you don't have parents who are communicating to you about what they're seeing, right. Being in practice, being at games, you see different behavior. And when, when I start seeing behavior that I think really needs to, um, needs to be addressed, you know, something that, that is a little bit out of the norm, a little bit, you know, uh, uh, just something that, that is unique or, right. or just kind of out of the ordinary. Um, first thing I would do is I'd always talk with the kid and I'd right. find out say, Hey, you know what, tell me what's going on. Tell me about, you know, what, what you're feeling. Tell me about how, you know, you're perceiving things and, yeah. and tell me what's going on. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's hard because you're, you're dealing, you're dealing with adults and, right. and oftentimes, especially in competitive situations, adults sometimes forget about the idea that this is all about the kids because they right. get so caught up into, yeah. you know, we got to win because now, you know, my, my worth as a man is dependent on us winning a championship. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, that's right. That, that kind of becomes that, that mentality. And I think parents, sometimes they don't necessarily want to, to see it with, with kids. And so typically what I would do is, is I would always do this either after practice or after a game, or even, you know, call them up, uh, right. but away from everyone else. And I would just sit there and say, Hey, you know what, this is what I'm observing. I'm observing you know, I mean, with your parents, your parents were so great because they had a, a good sense of, of who you were, right. but with other people, I would pull them aside and say, Hey, let me tell you what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a kid who is not interacting with their, their teammates. He's a good kid. He's, you know, he's nice. He's doing all this kind of stuff, but he's just kind of, you know, he's not integrating the way that other people are. Have you noticed this at school? Is there anything that I could be doing that would help, you know, make this, this, child more comfortable in this environment? What have you seen? And then if people, depending on their, their, um, their responses, you know, there are times when I would say, Hey, you know what, there are counselors at school that, that might be able to, you know, to lend some assistance here, or there might be some professionals that, that can help give them the tools they need to succeed. And not just at baseball, but, you know, just with schoolwork, with, with, you know, making friends with, with doing whatever. And I think, again, it's like every kid has an issue and, and it's just, this is the nature of being, being a child, but it's the ones when you start suspecting that, Hey, you know what, maybe this is something a little bit more than, than what you would see in others, just knowing that there are resources there. And the same thing would be, you know, as, as kids got older, um, there were some that you kind of suspected were, you know, like um, using, you know, illegal substances or something like that. And, and again, that's a conversation that, you know, you kind of have to have with a parent and just saying, you know, look, this is what I'm seeing. I'm seeing someone who's not engaging and, and their eyes are all glassed over or whatever. I just right. want to, you know, make you aware of it, not in an, you know, accusatory manner, but it just good communication, I think, just benefits everybody. Right. No, I, I definitely think that 
you know, matters a lot. And, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people like myself can understand why that matters. And at the same time, we can also um, keep, you know, kind of playing to ourselves how much we usually like want to avoid that stuff. But I guess at the same time, you know, the fact of the matter is we know that people like you are trying to help us and that, you know, at the same time, we do have a responsibility to recognize, you know, our own needs and just kind of, you know, work best with everybody else to not hide them, but just like, you know, minimize the impact it has on them. And even then, you know, sometimes at least make clear to them what we need and, you know, just like make it so that they can help us in the best way possible, you know, so that we can, so that we both them and us can benefit. Are you looking to boost your SAT score by at least 360 points? Whether your goal is the SAT, ACT, AP classes, or general test preparation, turn to Sam's Tutoring Company. Sam is a Caltech-educated tutor with over 17 years of experience teaching over 700 students of all ages. Whether you want to learn in person or remotely, Sam is ready to help you accomplish your academic goals. Call Sam's Tutoring Company. If you mention the promo code Sports Spectrum, you'll receive 25% off the price of your first session. And I guess, um, you know, I'd like to go a little more into the specifics of what that process required of you. And that's and basically what I'm asking here is in your interactions with these type of athletes, whether you knew they were diagnosed with something or not, it's like, did you ever make specific adjustments like in how you coached them or how you treated them and, you know, just how you interacted with them too. It's like, what did, what do you think you needed to do as a coach to like make them feel better and make them more successful? Sure. I mean, you know, again, all of this has the root in, in good communication. Um, so once I would find out that a, a player had some special needs um, that, that they had issues with either attention or with, you know, whatever it is, you try to figure out, okay, within the, the parameters of the game, what can we do to make this experience the best one possible? And oftentimes it would involve, and again, if you don't mind me using you as an example, like oftentimes before a game, I would go up to the umpire and the, uh, the opposing coach ahead of time. And I would tell them, it's like, hey, I've got Keegan on my team. Keegan is a great kid, like a great kid. You want, you want 12 Keegans on your team. And if I could clone them, I would. Okay. However, yeah. Keegan has some needs and there may be some times when Keegan might turn his back to home plate and know that this isn't because he's being disrespectful. This isn't, you know, and I would just kind of educate mm -hmm. both the umpire and the opposing coach to say, you know, look, these are some, these are some needs and we won't let it disrupt the game, but you need to be aware of this because, uh, you know, oftentimes people jump to conclusions and they see right. someone turn their back and they think, oh, oh, he just doesn't care about the game or he's being disrespectful right. or, or doing whatever. And the reality is you just needed a minute, right. you know? And, and, and I, I think that when you explain that to, to other people, it just makes the experience all that much better. You know, um, yeah. um, you know oftentimes um, kids, especially with like ADHD, you know, who've got attention span, you know, right. issues, very difficult for them to stay in the batter's box. And they always want to, you know, move, they're fidgeting, they're doing whatever. And right. there are some rules that, that Little League has put, you know, in place to speed up the game. And they don't want people going in and out of the batter's box. Right. And I would have to explain to umpires. It's like, I know what the rule is there for, and I get the idea. However, 
that rule doesn't fit this kid, right. you know, and, and we need to make accommodations for people like that to give them the same quality experience that everyone else gives. Right. And, and again, it's just understanding what those needs are and then educating people about what those needs are. And right. I would always ask opposing coaches, I'm like, Hey, are you okay with that? You know, and, and, um, and then, you know, uh, to a certain extent, you have to educate the team as well, but educating the team is a little bit more difficult because you don't want to say, Hey, we're going to treat someone differently. Although I used to always tell all my teams yeah, I'm treating people differently. I treat everyone differently, Mm -hmm. you know, based on, you know, your needs are not going to be your needs, you know? And, and, um, um, but ultimately I think when you, when you build up teamwork, then everyone is pulling for the person who is overcoming challenges, you know, and I had no hesitation about, you know, putting you in the infield, even in, in situations where you, you know, you want the person who's going to be able to, you know, make that play, you know, it's like, I'm always of opinion, you know, Keegan can make that play, you know, maybe, maybe he'll make it five times out of 10 instead of nine times out of 10, but he can make that play. And I'm not going to, um, put winning ahead of the idea that we're trying to build something bigger than the game itself. And that right. is, you know, having people not only do their past, but, but it's also about teaching the kids who don't have those, those needs about how to deal with, with society, you right. know? And, and like I said, everyone's, everyone's got their issues. Right. No. And I, and I definitely think, obviously we, we all know that we live in a stereotypical world. So I think it's very helpful that those who do know about what certain people need, that they're willing to um, educate others about that and make sure they understand the full picture so that that way those people are better off, both those who judge and those who, um, you know, act out basically. And just like, you know, people know then it's like why somebody's doing it and why they also shouldn't feel, you know, upset or whatever about it. So I, I definitely think people like you are very helpful with how they are willing to, you know, share that with others and just, you know, keep everybody uh, in the right place at at the right time. So, so Keegan, let me, let me turn the tables on you a little bit from your perspective, when you were on that team, how did you feel? Did you feel like you were being singled out? Did you feel like a part of the team? What was, what was the vibe for you? I mean, I guess, you know, I'm a, I'm a very respectful person. So I don't think I ever felt like I was being singled out inappropriately, at least, you know, I always felt there was a good reason for me to be singled out if it ever did come. But, you know, I mean, at the same time, it's like, I always felt like I was, you know, trying, you know, trying to fit well with my teammates and also just trying to make sure they didn't make the wrong assumptions. Like I was basically trying as hard as you were not to let them think the wrong idea of me and while maybe you were better at that than me just because you weren't that person you know and it's it's a lot easier to believe somebody else at the same time I think you know the fact of the matter is I worked at trying to gain the trust of my teammates mostly by means of just you know like um earning their respect through my play you know earning their their respect for how I respected them, you know, things like that. And I think it's just like, I was, I just kind of grew so used to that, that at the same time, I kind of became used to 
spreading it to other people and also just being used to them maybe making their general assumptions and then kind of just responding to them as well. So, you know, it's like at the end of the day, this is something I've had to endure my entire life with. And at the same time, being on a playing field made no difference to me. And it only made me want to be better at it too, at the same time. Like, cause this, as, because this was something that meant more to me than a normal situation. So I wanted to make sure that I had the full, the, the full assets um, that, at my disposal that would allow me to gain what I wanted to while at the same time, not holding other people back. Cause I don't want that for anybody. Sure. And, and I always think when, when sports is at its best, it, it kind of leads the way for society, you know, like with Jackie Robinson and, and integrating baseball, you know, that really led the way into the civil rights moment, you know, movement. And, and I think that, um, that sports has a unique way of, of doing that. Do you feel like for you that sports helped you, you know, integrate, you know, your, your autism in, in a way that, that could be productive? Like, absolutely. 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 You know, I, I felt like sports allowed me to do things that normally I wouldn't be able to do. And even if not, not all of them would have happened with or without autism, at the same time, the fact of the matter is that didn't, I didn't care about that simply because I was in a place where it's like, I knew that I could be me, but I knew at the same time that others could be themselves. So it's like, at the same time, I was, I felt that I was in a place where it was okay to not care about, you know, what those kinds of people, you know, who would criticize me or who would, um, you know, put me down would think, because at the same time, I was like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter in a place like this, you know, it's like, I'm having too much fun. So it's like, if, if it helps you, that's fine with me, because at the end of the day, I could care less about that kind of thing. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I guess um, that kind of also leads into my next question once again, which is that um, specifically, how do sports help somebody like you? better understand and or address the challenges, you know, with any issues that either you or one of your players might have or somebody, you know, just in general. So, you know, sports, um, you know, this, again, it, oh, and this, yeah. And, and this is also just like, like in, not just in, not just like, how does sports help you, you know, with sports, but, you know, just in life in general too. Yeah, you know, again, I, I, I think because there are so many life lessons in sports that you can apply to, to everyday life, um, you know, sports to me is, um, it's a place where you can learn lessons very safely. You know, I, I always said that I would much rather a kid learn how to respect authority by, you know, learning not to argue with an umpire who's holding a mask and a baseball rather than a police officer who's holding a, you know, a gun and a, and a baton, you know, mm-hmm. these are good places to learn life lessons in a very, very safe way. Right. And, you know, you can, you can learn a lot of these lessons um, where if you make a mistake, you lose a game, yep. you know, you're, you're The consequences are not real great, but it's, it's a wonderful, a wonderful crucible in which you can, you can learn life lessons. And, 
you know, to me, um, being in that environment has always helped me be a better person. I think it's helped me be um, a better, a better manager, a better, a better father, a better spouse, right. you know, I think, um, just a, a better member of, of community because it, it's, you know, the bottom line is that any team, whether it's baseball or any other thing, it's, it is a community and you have to get along and you have to do your part and you have to make sure that everyone is pulling in the same direction. And, you know, not to get too philosophical here, but, you know, it would be great if, you know, on a national level, you know, right. obviously there's a huge divide right now in, in our nation. And it would be great to get everyone pulling in the same direction, regardless of political beliefs or anything like that. And right. you can see in, in sports, what happens when you have teams that are divided, you know, you, you've got those teams just never do well. There's something I believe strongly in chemistry, you know, in, in chemistry and, and not just in terms of everyone being the same, but just everyone respecting one another right. and everyone acknowledging that that we're different and we come from different perspectives and we have different outlooks on life and we have different abilities to do things and and we're all different but we all need to pull for that same common good and that's what sports provides us with this ability to learn that hey if we're all striving for the same thing and we all recognize that we're going to bring something different to the table let's all pull in that same direction and that's when i think that things just start flowing Right. And, and, and that's the beauty of sports, because when you see it almost look effortless, that's when you know you've hit that sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think we could learn a lot from, from sports. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. And I, and I guess that kind of also what you said right there answers part of the question you asked me earlier, which is that, you know, sports is just like, it allows me to learn in a safe environment. You know, it's like, it, it's, you know, it literally is just a practice, like it's a practice field for how I'm going to, you know, play on the field of life. You know, it's like I, it, it allows me to make the mistakes. It allows me to learn the lessons that, you know, once I step up to the plate in life, you know, it's like I'll be ready to to hit the long ball. in. you know, it's it's like I won't be afraid to take a swing. And, you know, if I miss. I'll know what to do next, you know, and how to react to that and all. And I think that kind of was why sports was, it was and is so very helpful to me. It's like, it, it allows me to not, to not have to worry about, you know, what's going to happen if, you know, I fail or succeed, because at the same time, that's not the point of sports. The point of sports is to learn from those things. It's not to obtain them. Keegan, once again, you have proven that you're wise beyond your years. That is, yes. I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I definitely get that compliment a lot, but you know, it still means a lot hearing it from somebody like you. Mm -hmm. And actually, and actually that helps me go into the final question, which is, you know, we talk about being wise beyond your years and we both are, I feel, but you know, obviously there are a lot of people in this world who aren't wise beyond their ears or don't appear to be at least. And at, and, and part of the reason for that is because they don't, I, they either don't know something or they don't, they aren't willing to listen to something. And, you know, we obviously a lot of progress has been made on learning more about these issues as time goes by and stuff and how to respond and deal with them. But at the same time, obviously there's a stigma that still exists 
and is very prominent at the same time, though it is decreasing, thankfully, that where, of people who, you know, either don't accept this or don't know about, you know, these kinds of issues and how to deal with them and all that stuff. And as a result, it's like, you know, when you interact with these people, it's like you feel, you know, disrespected or whatever. You feel like they don't know anything. And, you know, at, at the same time, while you have a reason to believe that, I feel uh, it's beneficial if at the same time, like you've done so many times before, you try to educate them at the same time so that in the future they they may not have the same response or the same reaction. And as a result, they make everybody feel better, both themselves and, you know, others. And so I guess what I'm trying to ask here is, you know, we've talked a lot um, in this previous hour, you know, we've discussed a lot of topics, but if there's one specific thing out of everything we've gone through that you want somebody who's listening or watching this right now to know, like related to playing sports while, while you're on the spectrum or coaching somebody who's playing sports on the spectrum, what do you want them to know both about your experiences and what they should take away from that and put into their future experiences so that they can understand, you know, what being on the spectrum is like and how to appreciate it more maybe too. Um, I, I would say to those people that there's nothing more rewarding than, than taking a player, taking a child and being able to see them achieve the very most that they can, that they can achieve and, and to see them flourish. And, um, and Keegan, I got to tell you, it's, it's, it, it may not seem that way, but I was a hundred percent, um, on the money when I said that, that as a coach, you get out of it more than you put in. And, and I know I put a lot into it, but I feel like I got so much out of coaching and none more than I think working with people on the spectrum. And, and only because, you know, whether right or wrong, it's just sometimes the path forward for people on the spectrum is going to be a little bit more rocky and it's going to be a little bit more challenging. But the reality is, is that, you know, people on the spectrum have so much to offer the world, you know, so much. And, and I think if you, if you undervalue that, the contribution that they make, um, then you are not doing yourself a service. Forget about the, you know, the person on the spectrum, but, but you, you have to recognize that, that everyone has something to offer. And, and, you know, some, you know, it's just, it's almost undescribable how much they have to offer the world. And, um, and so to me, it's, it's like one of those those assets that oftentimes people, um, again, they just don't value it the way that they should. And so from my perspective, I, I've always gone out of my way to, to sit there and say, you know what, I think that not only do, you know, can I work with someone, I think that we can, we can make the situation, you know, good, not just for, for the player, but, but for the entire team and for the entire community. Mm -hmm. um, it is, it is, there is a joy that comes from that um, from seeing people joyous. And, and I will tell you, Keegan, I, I think if I had my way, um, I would make every professional athlete in the world right. um, have to volunteer at Special Olympics. Right. Um, because when you see an athlete at Special Olympics, um, the joy of just competing, right. you get the idea of like the special place that sports holds yeah. and, and how it can bring out the very best in people. And like yeah. you pointed out, sometimes the very worst. 
you know, but, but I wish that I could impart that joy of competing in every baseball player who's making $10 million or more a year. You know, you can see the players, you know, today you, you can see the players who play with joy in the heart, you know, you can, you know, and, and just to take the 2020 Dodgers, you know, you look at, at Mookie Betts and, and that guy just plays with heart, you know, he plays with joy. And Mm. the reality is, is that, that, that sports frees a lot of people to, to be who they want to be. And I think a lot of times with people on the spectrum, sports provides that, that ability to feel like they can be who they want to be. And then hopefully they carry that beyond, you know, the, the field or, or the court and, and they really become the, the person that, that they're destined to become. And so I would, I would encourage everyone out there who is a coach or wants to coach or, you know, has a kid, it's, the, the time spent is so worth it. And Keegan, no more than, than I got to tell you, my heart is so filled right now with, with love and admiration and, and respect for what you're doing and who you've become. Right. You know, the fact that you still have that game ball, you know, it's like, it touches my heart in so many ways. And I just, I right. look at you and, and, you know, and I would never be so bold to, to claim any of your success, right. but it makes me feel so good to see you developing into this man who is, you know, just this bright ray of sunshine and, and right. you know, having played even the smallest little part in, in, you know, helping you down that path, you know, right. that makes, it makes it all worthwhile. And, and I just, um, I, I can't express to you enough, like the, the, the complete joy that that brings me. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Well, going back to that game ball for just a second, you were, in addition to writing the six rules of baseball, um, you also wrote something else specifically to me, and I'd just like to read it because I think our audience will appreciate it. You wrote that I was uh, the most determined player on the team and that you are such a joy to coach, a great player, and an even better person. Thank you. And I think that's very, like, that kind of nails on everything we've talked about. You know, it's like people like me, it's like, you know, we may not be the most skilled, you, you know, or the best players on the team, but we always have a sense of determination to prove ourselves as a result, you know? And I think that's just incredibly uh, important for, you know, everybody to recognize and just, you know, keep in mind too. It's like, you know, there are a lot of things to remember, but, you know, there are some things that you just simply never forget at the same time. And Keegan, those words, you know, as true as they were back then, they're, they're every bit as true right now. Right. And yeah, if it, if it weren't for the pandemic and, and being on Zoom, I would reach through this computer and I'd give you a big hug right now. <laughs> as would I, man. As would I. Well, listen, man. Um, uh, um, I think, uh, I, first of all, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It was truly great to have you on you were an amazing guest and you i'm sure you gave a lot of insight into our audience as to you know what um coaching sports can bring both for those who are on the spectrum and even those who aren't you know and just basically like how to you know adapt and how to enjoy it at the same time like i mean again uh, going back to these six rules of baseball i'll recap them just for the sake of our audience we have rule number one you know, have fun. That is so, so important, you know, and then you have rule number two, be safe. Also very important. You always got to make sure 
you're keeping your everybody as healthy and as safe as they can be, especially today too. And then rule number three, play hard. You know, you always got to make sure you put your best foot forward. You can't, you can't allow, you know, the little things to stop you from doing your best. And then rule number four, think first, always make sure you, you have some idea of what you're doing. And also, you know, just be sure that, you know, you can uh, have an idea of what, of why you're doing this and all, and just make sure you know what this is all about. And then rule number five, teamwork. Make sure you always, have, you know, respect your teammates and also make sure you remember that they do matter too. They are not just there for you. They are there for themselves. And it's important that you work with them so you can all feel that way. And then nothing better than rule number six, which is have fun. Once again, it is so, so important. And honestly, if there's anything that anybody could learn about coaching or playing as somebody or with somebody who's on the spectrum, the one thing you should know is you're always going to have fun no matter who they are. You know, it's like they will always have fun no matter what keeps them at bay. So, so Keegan, a, a small secret of my coaching technique was I always felt like I was implanting these little time bombs of knowledge into mm -hmm. every player that I coached. And my hope was that, that some of them would go off you know, later in life that they could draw on that. And I got to tell you, my, again, my heart is so um, filled right now with, with such joy hearing you say those words and that you still remember them. Um, to me, um, you couldn't give me a better gift. So right. thank you so much for inviting me. I wish you nothing but success with this format. I think that the, the, this, you know, society needs more things like this. So I applaud you 100% for, right. for coming up with a podcast. Um, and, you know, the reality is nowhere to go, but uphill from here after me. So <laughs> absolutely, man. Well, listen, I know you're the first guest ever on this podcast, but one thing's for sure, you will not be the last. And one thing's for sure, too, which is that you will never be forgotten, I feel. Good you will deal. always be etched in in the history books as the first ever guest <laughs> on the podcast Sports on the Spectrum. Perfect. Uh, I feel I that it. I feel that's uh hopefully becomes a better honor as time goes by, but you know, I, I have a feeling you appreciate that just enough right now. You know what, Keegan, regardless of what happens, I will always feel in, incredibly honored to be your first guest and and just the thought that you you thought of me to bring onto this um, right again I just uh, from bottom of my heart thank you so much 